Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Welcome to Eyes on Isles podcast episode number one. I, I, I always start my podcast by saying episode number one or episode X. I don't think it really matters. This is our first episode. My name is Mitch Anderson and I am one of the experts on the site and I'm joined with... I guess that's me trying to... Bye. Matt O'Leary. I am... The co-host of this show. And Mitch, I got to say, I'm pretty excited to kick this thing off because this is something we've talked about doing for a while now. Year, like a full year we've been talking about doing this. And finally, finally we're doing it. We're on the radio-ish. Not really radio. I don't know. It's pod, whatever. Internet radio, kind of, a little bit. Yeah, there you go. On-demand radio. Right to your ears. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, the 21st, 22nd, whatever century we're in, (laughs) where you can get on-demand content and it's a thing, and it's free to make, and it's beautiful. I love it. I love everything about oh, it. Oh, it's the best. Mitch, we have – I know it's August, and it's kind of slow in hockey land, but we do have a lot to talk about today. We have a ton of stuff to talk about. There's ne- there's always something going on, right? Everyone will say, like, oh, it's a dead time. Sure enough, there's no roster moves happening necessarily, but there's always, always something happening. So – Let's just jump right into it rather than just like lay out the rubric of the show. It's going to be become pretty self-evident what we're doing here. And it's strictly New York Islanders talk. From there on in, how it's structured shouldn't necessarily matter really. It's just New York Islanders. If you're a fan of New York Islanders, you came to the right place. We're in the right spot then. Perfect. And we'll provide okay, so- quality audio, hopefully. That's the goal anyway. The goal, <laughs> yeah. No, like, uh, 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 no, no robot voices, no nothing like that. Just straight, sweet ear candy. I like it. Okay, let's get into some, some short topics here. So these, these topics are just going to go almost like a lightning round, but give it a little bit more meat. So lightning, but a little thicker. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with, uh, so we put up something, or not we put up something. The NHL put out something saying that the top 10 centers in the league. You saw that. Everyone saw that. Everyone commented on it, how John Tavares hit the top 10. He was number six overall. There was some controversy with Barstool and a few other people because Jonathan Tays fell to number 12 and we're like, oh, he's better than Jonathan Tavares or John Tavares because he's got three cups. Okay, yeah, I guess, sure. He has three cups, but like, really now? Is that is that it? Like, he's got three cups, so he's immediately better than anyone who plays the position? He, is he better than Sidney Crosby? Sidney Crosby only has two cups. He's got three. Oh, that's right. Wow, man. Um, so evil. They're even then, right? I caught, I caught you. You don't even watch hockey. How are you doing a hockey podcast? You don't know. Uh, I hate anything outside of the Islanders. <laughs> no, I don't giving, even care. Just giving you a hard time. No, but You're giving me the gruff. Yeah, but um, this list, I mean, it did its job. It started the conversation. We're talking about it. It created that nice little beef with Barstool Chief, with, which I thought was pretty cool to go back and forth with him. But... I got to say, I was pretty happy with where Tavares fell because usually when it comes to these sort of list things, he always, time and time again, gets overlooked by 
you know, on a national scale. And this time I feel like he didn't. I think six is pretty fair. Oh, absolutely. And it's a drop from what he had the season before, if I'm not mistaken. I think in 2015, 2016, he was ranked in the top five even. Okay. But even still, I'll take top ten. And just outside top five at six, I think, like I just said, is is more than fair. I'm happy with it. Oh, easily. And and I think it's really just like you said, it's getting that national media attention that we, we so desperately crave and desire. And then when we finally get it and it's exactly what we thought it was going to be, it's perfect. So what we desperately crave is that media attention. We just so we want it so bad, that national media attention that when we finally get it, it's just we don't know what to do with it. We have no idea. Like, uh, is he properly? I, I like, oh, oh, God. I think number six overall makes sense. People say we had a down year, so why would he? Why would he still be in a top ten if he had a down year? Well, top like even in a down year, John Tavares is still a sixty-six point player. Yeah, and I'll, obviously we'll take that. I think it's like we both said. I think it's more than fair, and I think you summed it up perfectly. We are like the Joker from the Dark Knight. We're chasing the car, but we don't ever know what we're gonna <laughs> do if we catch one. And that's the same thing with John Tavares. It's like okay. He's finally getting that like recognition we've all been craving. Now what? Yeah, exactly. Now we don't know what to do with it. Uh, yeah, I think number six overall is fair. Um, I don't think it should be any higher than that. I would have even dealt with you know a, a ten overall. I think I would have lived with. I would have thought it might have been a bit low, but the the thing is that like you said at the beginning, it this did its job in creating discussion because there's no criteria. The NHL just they just threw out a list. We're gonna top twenty of uh, whoever. Yeah, I'll put this guy in there or whatever. There's no criteria in deciding who goes top and who goes bottom, right? So that's what the whole purpose was: is creating discussion, and it worked. So good job NHL.com. You got us all to talk about stuff. Hey man, it did its job. So we're talking about yeah. it. <laughs> That's true. Okay, let's move to some some other Tavares talk because that's all we're talking about in Isles Land is either an arena or John Tavares. That's all we can talk about. And to be fair, that's all we should be really talking about. But there are other things happening. Anyway, so I wrote something about how our hope this season is that Jordan Eberle can mix it with John Tavares and they can both be as productive as possible. And everyone keeps commenting, or not commenting, but everyone keeps talking about how they were really prolific back in the juniors back in 2009 when they put up 28 points combined. And I thought, well, okay, well, 28 combined, like, big deal. That's just You're just summing up the number of points they, they did. They, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Sure enough, they played together, but how many of those points did they actually earn back-to-back like, or, or off of each other? And the number is pretty high. It's actually up to 16 between the two of them. So not only would Tavares score, but Everly would add an assist to it or vice versa. So, or they were on the ice together. So the plus one. So the impact one had on the other in that tournament was as real as it's described, which is fantastic to see. And it's just got both of my fingers crossed. Like all of my fingers are crossed. My arms are crossed, hoping that this will work. So you're basically saying the hype is real. That's what I got from that. Un- unlike Public Enemy, believe the hype. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Come at me, favorite Flav. Come at me. Believe the hype in this specific scenario. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, but I, there's a lot of things to look forward to, and the Isles pessimists are, we're going to say that we're wrong. Oh, the realists. The realists. Sorry, the realists. They like to be called the realists. Yeah. Come on. Uh, um, but one of the things is the Islanders' first line. Last year, 
I wrote something saying that I thought their top line was underrated and undervalued, and that was with Josh Bailey on it. Now you swap out Bailey for a player like Eberly, and with all due respect to Bailey, we, we're not Bailey bashers here. We try to look at it no. as unbiasedly as possible. He had a good year last year. Jordan Eberly is a much better player than Josh Bailey, so you throw him in the mix with the Tavares and Lee combination on the top line, that could be pretty solid. Absolutely. Well, the ceiling on Josh Bailey is 56 points that he had last year, whereas the ceiling on Jordan Eberle was, I believe, is 75 points was his high. Oh, no, sorry, that's with the Regina Pats. My bad. 76 points was his highest back in 11-12. To be fair, that was some time ago, so can he hit that again? Who knows? And, and I saw a comment on Twitter earlier today saying, like, well, if, we, if, if Eberle and McDavid didn't work, what makes we th- us think that Tavares Eberle will work? Which is a fair point, right? Like, uh, McDavid seemed to have lifted everyone around him, but that didn't happen with Eberle. I don't know. I I understand that argument, but I also feel like different situations can yield different results. So, and, and even if he puts up what he's been averaging the last couple of years, if he puts up, I don't know, 55, 60 points, you could, the Islanders could still live with that. And I think I'd be pretty okay with that if we got... You know, Tavares putting up, if he stays healthy, what, 70, 75 points, easy mm-hmm. probably, and then another potentially 60 from Eberle, and I don't know, we're just throwing numbers out here from Lee, but at 45 maybe? I don't, I don't know if he's going to put up another 50-plus points this year. but Well, I think just that, just on, on Eberle alone, if everyone else stays at the same, yeah, and even if one or two has a small dip, if Eberle brings in 50 points, well, that's... 20 more than what Strome brought in. So in terms of points above replacement, that's 20 more points that the Islanders didn't have last year. How many of those 20 points results in wins? And how many of those do, you know, get, get added onto the, uh, onto the, the points column that they were out two points? They're, that's all they needed last year was two points. That's it. Like We forget that all they needed to get into the playoffs was two points. One point wouldn't, wasn't enough to tie with the Maple Leafs because the Leafs still had a row advantage. But two points, and that's it, and they're in. That's one win. That's what. That's all they needed was one win. Yeah, and think about how many games they blew early on when Capuano was still around. They had the leads going mm. into the third period or overtime games. They just couldn't get a, the, that extra point. Every, I don't think Preach. people realize how big of an impact Eberle is going to actually have. You know, is the Metropolitan Division tough? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to – we're probably going to talk about that a million times on this show going forward but i mean if you look at the team last year compared to this year on paper they're a better team so we have to be somewhat happy with that at at the least absolutely like we can yell and complain that we didn't get Panarin or we didn't get Johansson and and that's fair we didn't those play, players were available and they were traded within conference or within division sorry even worse but like we we still got better than last year's edition, at least on paper. We'll see. Everly could theoretically be a complete bust, but so could so could Stroman. If we still had him on the on the roster and he was a, a bust, well then we're no better off. Yeah, exactly. At so. least he, the thing with the Everly acquisition, at, at least you could say that Snow took a chance on a player who's proven himself in the NHL where with someone like Strom, yeah, does he have potential? Sure, but he really only had that one good year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I say roll the dice on it. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking forward to that. And Josh Hosang, who we'll get into a little while. Oh, Josh Hosang. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Every, everything. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, let's, let's move to uh, something you wrote a little earlier this week about how the Islanders need a healthy Johnny Boychuk to succeed this year. Now, I'm not going to say anything else. I just want you to explain. You got the mic. Why do they need? Okay. Well, first, peop- yes. Did Travis Hamannick have a bad year last year? Of course. But you can't deny how big of an impact he had on the Islanders' defense core for the last, what, seven years or so. Trading him away, you're you're missing something from his on-the-ice, but also from a leadership standpoint. You look at pretty much everyone else, at, uh, excluding Seidenberg. It's a young group. They need a leader, and they need a right-handed top pairing guy like like Boychuk is and they need him to be healthy last year he missed a ton of time I think he only played like 65 games last year if I remember something something close like that and his production has dropped off the last couple of years and partially and part of it is due to to injury um, so I definitely think if the Islanders want to have a successful defensive core they're going to need him healthy but what I also brought up in that piece is I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing, relying on a Johnny Boychuk who's now, what, 33, 34? Four? Yeah, he's 33, turns 34 on January 19th. So he'll be 34 this season. So And it, whom they still have under contract for one, two, three, four years after. Exactly. This. So you're relying on him to stay healthy and be a top pair for, what, four more years until he's... 37, 38 years old. I guess yeah. maybe you you hope that Pulak can take that place, but I certainly don't see that happening in 2017. That's going to be a couple of years away before he's at potentially at that level. Yeah, and I think even then with, with Pulak, the similarities end at the slap shot, right? They're not the same type of player, that physical presence, whereas Boychek has that slap shot, but he's also got the body check, the hip check, the just patrolling and, and marauding that blue line. He has that ability that we, that we need. That, that's that the Hamannick effect, right? The I'm going to try to beat you down in the corner. I'm going to try to beat you off of this puck, uh, which the Islanders don't necessarily have. Like, Hickey isn't the strongest guy. DeHaan isn't the strongest guy. They're not weak by any stretch of the imagination, but you wouldn't necessarily codify them as strong individuals. Right. Um, so when it comes to Boychuk, that's what he needs to, to step in, to step in and fill that role. And he generally does that. So when he's missed, like he played 66 games last year. So when he misses those, what is it, almost 12, 11, whatever number of games, that's an important, that's a big miss. And like you said, that's a top line. That's a top pairing miss that they don't have. They have to put in Adam Pelican, who played relatively well, but he's not Johnny Boychuk. He doesn't add the same dimension. There's a reason he's paid $6 million a year. Whether he's worth it or not, he's at least worth something close to that. Pelic is worth about 1.6. You know, and, and even then, people were, were kind of lamenting on that. And, and that's fair. But there's a reason you have Boychuk up there. Missing any games, if he misses any games, that's, that's, that's going to hurt the Islanders. There's no question about it. I can't understand anyone who would question that by any stretch of the imagination. And that's just the thing, though. I, I looked up his, you know, his hockey reference page. He's never played a full 82-game season, so that's something to be a little worrisome with and with his three years with the islanders his best year was his first year he played in 72 games which isn't bad missing just 10 games he put up 35 points 
then the points started coming down at the 25, then 23 last year in 66 games. So I don't know if this is him declining or if just injuries got him the last couple of years, but they need the healthy version of Boychuk. That was pretty much the point that I was trying to get across. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen this year, but the Islanders are in a position where they're relying on him to be healthy. That's right. Whether that's the right thing to do um, or not, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, let's move on to something that isn't right, and that is ridiculous John Tavares speculations. Like, ludicrous, oh, I want to use some words, egregious, I want to use some other words, but I, I'm, I'm going to refrain from using those words. Um, let's just suffice to say that they're just uh, mind-blowing, Dumb. yell at your monitor, shake the world, why does anyone, why does this person have a job kind of thing. So Craig Button came out and had a video on TSN saying that John Tavares is going to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Going to go, not could, should, is going to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs on a one-year deal. Wild. Like, oh, and, and his, justific- his justification for this are the worst. So he said he'll do that. He'll go to Toronto and be that number two so that the Toronto Maple Leafs can have a nice one, two, three punch in Matthews, Tavares, Kadri down the middle. Sure, that's a great one, two, three, but why would Tavares ever go to Toronto to be the number two guy? That in and of itself doesn't make sense. Nope. And then from there he said, if you want precedence for this, look at how Marion Hossa went to Detroit and only signed a one-year deal, even though he was given more time. And guess who was the coach there? Oh, it was Babcock in like the most like, like the, what a the reach. ridiculous, like, yeah, okay, he was the coach, sure. And yes, he signed a one-year deal with Marion Hossa. But no one else has done that from here on in. Not anyone that was at his level, at a 29-year-old premier player in the NHL. No one else is really doing that. And then he said, well, don't look any further than the NBA. Look at Kevin Durant. Oh, what are you, like, this, like, two different sports altogether. Altogether, the, the culture in terms of contracts come the NBA and NHL are absolutely different. There's no question about it. Player movement and flexibility in the NBA is entirely it's like a paradigm shift between the nba and the nhl when it comes to that oh that one really ticked you off oh my god it got me mad especially when he said kevin durant look at kevin durant this isn't the nba it's not even close you don't see players signing one-year deals so they can go somewhere else and then make even more money you don't see that players want guaranteed income that's why they sign those eight-year deals. That's why they all want an eight-year deal. They want that guaranteed money because if they get injured and they can't play anymore, they have guaranteed money. Yep. Because uh, let me throw you a scenario. Let's say, yep. and this is not going to happen because if you know John Tavares signing for just one year, it, that makes no sense for him to do that, like you already said. But let's say in Craig Button's world, he did sign with Toronto for one year. Yeah. And he gets hurt. Yeah. Then what? You're not going to be able to get that same contract that you could have got a year before. Now we're speculating what? That Tavares is going to be in that 11 to $12 million a year range based on the McDavid contract and stuff like that. So right. let's say he, he gets hurt and only, only plays 20 games. W- what contract does that yield then? Maybe – this is all obviously speculation, but maybe you get him on the, on the cheap end, but on an 8 or $9 million oh, deal. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Well, even even maybe less than that. You have to maybe settle for an eight, like a Steven Stamkos deal, because you have that injury concern. He missed time last year. He missed time a couple of years back because of injury. He's missing time because of injury. 
So if if you go somewhere else and you get injured again and you go you go UFA, there's a problem. Then people are gonna are gonna use that as a negotiation tactic for sure. Why wouldn't they? That only makes sense to do. Why leave money on the table? It doesn't make sense to leave money on the table. If he's gonna go anywhere, it's gonna be for max deal. And maybe Toronto's on the table. Maybe he actually wants to go to Toronto. I have my doubts. I have my reservations. I, I I'm ninety percent sure he's staying with the Islanders. But. It doesn't make sense that he goes anywhere for anything less than eight years because he can get eight years. Why would he do anything less than that? No, because like you said, he'd be leaving money on the table. And Tavares seems like a guy who would be pretty happy with just the security of getting a big-time paycheck for eight years and putting himself in a situation where he might not – where he can have either A, multiple chances to win – or a sustained window to win, not just a one-year, I'm going for it right now, and then I have no idea what the future holds for me after that. That's right. It just, it, like you said, it doesn't make sense that Tavares would be the guy to do it, to, to like instill that paradigm NBA shift in the NHL to go, well, I'm going to go from contract to contract to maximize the amount of money I can make. I'm going to take a gamble on myself, and I'm going to say, I'm going to stay healthy, I'm going to produce well, which he could very well do, and I'm going to get even more money the next time. So not only am I going to get like a $9, $10 million deal in Toronto for a year, I'm going to get $13, $14 million to go, who knows, let's say Nashville, let's say Anaheim, right? That's, that's, the, that, that's why anyone would sign a one-year deal with his level of skill. I, he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy to do it. No, I, I really don't see it. He, he has preached loyalty way too often to then just – run away and sign a one-year deal trying to go for it. And, A, he wouldn't even be the number one player in that situation. He'd be the second fiddle behind Matthews. I can't see that happening. I really can't. No. Same thing. Okay. I've got it off my chest. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about our beloved Joshua Sang, and we'll talk about everything that he says is absolutely golden. Okay. Joshua Sang. Just, oh, I, I'm so glad that people keep putting a microphone in front of his face because everything this guy says is absolutely gold. I, I, I've said it like three times already on this podcast. I think I wrote it three or four times on this running order. It's just absolutely golden. Matt, can you take us through his most recent comments? The most re- from today? Today it, or even yesterday. There's today where he talks about Mayweather and, and McGregor. And I think there was, to me, it was the Tavares one. The Taver- yeah, they're all pretty good. I'm going to, if you give me a second to stall, I can pull them up on Twitter exactly so we can read them word for word because that. Okay, we're going to go to the best. Tavares one first because I can vape on that one. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do the Tavares one first. So he was asked, he being Joshua Sang, was asked, I forget by whom, Matt, you'll bring it up and we will tell. Um, his thoughts on the John Tavares contract situation. Why does he think John Tavares is waiting? And Hossein's whole, like, I think it was like a full, like, three or four lines worth of, of, of words saying, well, honestly, guys, he's doing his due diligence. This is any, if anyone was in this position, they would do the same thing. He's taking his time. He's looking at, at all of his options. He's waiting it out. He wants to see what he needs to see. So why is everyone kind of had their pennies in a, in, a, in a knot over it? We're all going to wait, and we're all going to find out when, he's, when he knows exactly what he wants. Only he knows. Uh, it's a little and bit of- it's perfect. Yeah, it's a, I have it up. It's a little bit of a long quote. Do you want me to read it? Go for it. It's uh, It'll do a lot more just than the, the verbal diary that I just threw out there. Okay. This is Hosang speaking. 
If you care about John Tavares as a person, then it doesn't really matter where he ends up. It's about his personal happiness and well-being. Whatever decision that he makes, it's for John, and you've got to be happy for him at the end of the day because that's his personal stuff. I think it's definitely leaning towards New York. He's said it multiple times, but he's still got a year. There's no rush. He's just trying to figure out what I'm sure everyone else is. I mean, round of applause. That was just perfect. And to any fan on Twitter or any imbecile who took that as him saying that there's a chance that John Tavares is leaving, please go get yourself checked out because he is simply saying that if you care about John Tavares as a human being, that you should just let him do his due diligence, like you said, and let him make that decision. The problem is that people – and I don't just fans fall into this category, but people care about John Tavares the player and what he does for me more than John Tavares the person himself. So he's 100% right to just say that if you care about John Tavares the person, it doesn't really matter because that, as much as you might hate to admit it, it's the truth. Yeah. Oh, it just – okay. I pulled out another one where he said he, being Hosang, used a term for the Maple Leafs. And I'm on a pension plans puppet website, so a pro Leafs SB Nation uh, website. And so the art of the, 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 it's again on John Tavares. So again, he was talking, he was talking about Don, John Tavares and he says, John's dealt with a lot his whole life. I don't think this is going to be anything for him. Really. If anything, he's going to score more. They, the media want him to go to Toronto. Stupid Leafs. <laughs> I grew up in this city. I get it. Same thing with Stamkos a couple years ago, just last year, but whatever. And he was re-signing the whole time. But that's their job, right, I guess? I don't do what you guys do. Just oh. ah, amazing. Stupid Leafs. I love it. Oh, I love it. Stupid Leafs. You can tell he's never going to the Maple Leafs ever again. And if he is, he's going to have to eat that years from now. Do you, do you know how many times I'm going to tweet on the Eyes on Isles account during the season, Stupid Leafs? <laughs> so, <laughs> so many times. Oh, my God. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and their only rebuttal on Pension Plan Puppets was, you know what? You're stupid. Good job. Like, good job. That's all you can come up with. Like, his, his implication here is that there, there's tampering through the media, by the media, for John Tavares to go to Toronto. Um, I don't know if, if pining in volumes is what attracts a player. I think at a certain point that player is going to go, get off my back. I don't like all of this media attention. Right. Just go away. Just leave me alone. I got four more quotes here, and I, I think we should talk oh, about them. Yeah. I got to give a quick shout-out to Rob Tob, who live-tweeted the TSN uh, radio interview. I mean, that was really clutch, so we could embed all this stuff. Um, yes. Thank you, Rob. So this one I really enjoyed. Uh, on This was Hosang being asked about his 21 games he played. It was great for me at the end of the year. It's always nice to fly and get free food. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Amazing. That that is. If you look up, if he is in the dictionary, he should be. But if you look up Josh Hosang in the dictionary, that quote should be there because that perfectly describes him. He's just like a laid back guy, going with the flow. Nothing better than free flights and free food. I mean, at least he's honest. I can't blame him. No. Yeah. Uh, That's what I would look forward to. That's what I would love. Hey, I get to fly everywhere for free and eat for free. 
Oh, heck yeah, sign me up. And I get to play a game that I love, and I'm paid, maybe not millions yet, but eventually millions. Amazing. Sign me up for that any day. Okay, here's another good one. He was yeah, being laid a- on me. He asked about wearing the number 66 for the five millionth time. Oh, yes. At the end of the day, I know who I am. I can give you 66 more things important right now than my number. Josh Ho Sang, say it louder for the people in the back. One more time for me. Ho Sang for president. He's not American, so prime minister. That doesn't have the same ring to it. Not as fun. Not as fun. Perfect. Oh, perfect answer. It is. Take that, Pence fans. Like, can you just get off of it? Yeah, he wears 66. There are other players in the league that wore 66 before and after Mario Lemieux. We get it. Mario Lemieux is one of the like the top five players to ever play the game, at least for me. Maybe even top three for me. We get it. He's important to the league. He's important to you. But you know what? They haven't retired his number. They hadn't made it illegal. Or maybe not illegal, but they haven't barred Hosang from using 66. So let's get over it. There are a thousand other things that we can focus on, and his number, like he says, isn't one of them that we need to. This one's a little bit more serious, this next one, but I, I love it because I think we've talked about this personally um a lot this was his comments about what he did in the off season he said that he spent the off season trying to get faster because the league is a speed league i mean <laughs> speed league yeah but that's it's a truth though how many times did we complain last year about the islanders and their grit and wanting to be gritty and look at like a yeah, team like the, the penguins who hey they're pretty fast and guess what they won two stanley cups so him Focusing on his speed, uh, it, just the thought of a John Tavares, Josh Hosang, Nick Letty trio on, on the ice in overtime has me salivating right now. So I'm mm. looking forward to a faster Josh Hosang in 2017, if even Drop possible. pass for the win. Ooh. And he was, like you said, even if possible. Like he, His breakouts and his own entries were not, you know, mind-boggling and mind-blazing speeds, but they were. he was fast on that ice. And he can do things that the, the, to, to stick handle around players and create space for himself at speed that I think only that is only matched and exceeded by Connor McDavid, right? And that's why Connor McDavid is, is excelling the league. It's the speed at which he attacks his own. It's the speed at which he leaves the defensive zone. And it's the speed at which he creates space for himself. Defenders don't know how much space to give him. And so they give him too much, which creates even more space for him, which is exactly what he wants. So if Hosang applies that same strategy, with the skill set that he already has, oh my god! Like we thought, maybe a sixty-point player, but we might looking be looking at a point-per-game player here. Wow! Hot take from Mitch Anderson on episode one. Love it. Yeah, point per game. Joshua saying, ship it, ship it. Call your bookie, ship it. All right, and you, this leads right into the next comment. Perfect segue. He yes. says, at, even at age twenty-one, he has no ceiling. Love the confidence. <sighs> I love the confidence. And, and we, we, we always talk about how the NHL isn't a league of, of characters and individual, right? We had that problem. You know, I, I call it a problem. A lot of people had that problem. I don't. With P.K. Subban, right? Being outspoken, being brash, being confident. The second he came into the league, he had a problem with Mike Richards because he didn't follow the mold of, you're a rookie, you need to listen to the grizzled veterans. He said, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm going to come in. I'm going to be me, and you guys are going to have to deal with that. And that's what Joshua Sang is doing. Maybe to a lesser degree, but it's the same thing, and I love it. I absolutely love it. This is only good for the sport. It's only a good thing. Yep, it's perfect because he's more relatable. As much as we love John Tavares, 
you can't relate to him. The guy's a freaking robot. <laughs> jo- uh, I, I scored a goal, and the team had a lot of character, and uh, and uh, they played well. And uh, brr, brr, I mean, scored uh, like it's just so robotic. At least with Host saying like the quote, as silly as it was, that quote about flying and getting free food. That's showing personality. I love that. I got a good chuckle out of it. And I think I don't yeah. think it's anything bad. I think he's matured over the last couple of years, like since you know alarm clock gate and all that. So. <laughs> yeah, how dare he sleep through something? And, and I get, I, I get that. Like that's a terrible first impression. Um, but it was just a first impression. Like you can get over that. So I think it's whatever. pretty safe to say that we've fallen in love with Josh Hosang here at Eyes on Isles. Oh, I don't think you have any reason to not fall in love with it. If you like the Isles and you don't like Joshua Sang, there's a problem. Huge problem. That, like, there's a big problem there. Um, so, yeah, of course, we fell in love with him. Um, I see a question here that you marked down under this topic, and I think it's an interesting yeah. one. Do you think the media attention is going to distract him? I'm glad you pulled that up. I, I put it out there just, and I, I wanted to eventually get to it, but I thought, you know, we're at like half an hour already. We might go over 45. Let's see. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be enough to steer questions away. It'll, it'll take some media attention away because everyone's going to want to get that one quote, right? That one, that one soundbite from Hosang over like, the same robotic answer that John Tavares is going to give. Like, well, I won't talk about what goes on in the negotiations, but uh, I, I want to remain a New York Islander and I want to stay here. Like, no one wants to hear that for the 800th time, thankfully. So I think it's going to help a bit, but I, I, I still think that people are going to want to keep going to Tavares because eventually if they keep asking him, he might slip up and say something different. Yeah. I don't think this is going to distract him at all. I pretty confident that in his first short stint with the Islanders, I think he showed a lot of maturity. He said this year too, like from that mini camp he was at, that he wants to be more of a leader this year. And I would absolutely love that. I think he's got, you know, the personality and he seems to be having his, you know, his head on straight. So I don't think see it being an issue at all. No, I agree. So it's just going to be fun. We'll have the, the JT robotic comments along with the Joshua saying just pure love gold personality coming out all over the place. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for 2017, 2018, man. Oh, it's going to be I a lot wait. of fun. Okay. Let's move to our, our last segment, and it's, it's our, little, our little social segment. And I want to open it just by saying if, if you ever have thoughts on the New York Islanders or you have a highlight that you want to share with us, Make sure to use the hashtag IslesPod. Just say IslesPod, hashtag I-S-E-L-S-P-O-D. Right, I said that right? Yes. Yep. I had to write it out just to make sure because my, my spelling. If it weren't for like spell checks, oh, my God, I would be, I'd be lost. Dude, um, it's embarrassing. I don't want people to look at my pre-drafted stuff before it goes no. up. <laughs> so many mistakes. My Grammarly words. stats are terrible. <laughs> No, but yes, definitely, if you want to join in on the conversation, use that hashtag. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's right. So I did some digging before coming on, and I know you did some digging too. And I came across a tweet from at uh, Nation 92 where uh, he just he surmises that maybe – so the Colorado Avalanche added Harvard free agent Alex Kerfoot today. And he surmised that maybe bringing that's that young 23-year-old center 
might push out Matt Duchesne. Do we think that that helps us at all in, in, in having a little bit more leverage with Joe Sackett getting Duchesne, or is this just kind of like, who cares? <sighs> Mitch, they're roping me back. Yeah. They're, they're roping me back in. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pining for you. They're, I... they're just lassoing, and they're looking for you. Like, oh, Kerfoot, let's do it. Do you know how many times I got on and off the Matt Duchesne bandwagon in the last three months? It's, as many times as I'm going to have a debate with someone over Josh Bailey being good at hockey. <laughs> Probably more. From the the tracking planes to <laughs> literally everything. <laughs> All of June. How many times in June do we write, ooh, a new Matt Duchesne rumor? And every time they got me. Oh, I, like, I don't know, man. Oh. It's, it makes perfect sense. I'm all in for it, and now I'm falling into that same trap, baby. Let's go get them, whatever it takes. Really? I I don't think so. I, I really just think it's one of these kind of like, really, this isn't going to move the needle at all whatsoever. Um, he's He is a left-shot def- centerman. He's put up a lot of points. Like He put up 45 points for Harvard last year. He was third in terms of uh, ECAC scoring. So, like, yeah, he's got some pedigree to him, but who knows if that relates to the NHL. And even if it does, why wouldn't you keep Matt Duchesne? Why wouldn't you do that? It doesn't make sense to not keep him. Oh, we got this new college guy. Screw this Matt Duchesne guy. 60% on the faceoffs and 30 goals. We don't need that. We're done with him. Have a- Although, to be fair, that flows perfectly with Col- the Colorado's model at this point. Okay. So. Mitch, I- I'm going to go full in on explaining why. I'm I'm back in. All right, you're a rebuilding team. What's the one? Yeah. What's the one thing you need? Players? No, wrong. You need draft picks and pro- <laughs> wrong. You need draft picks and prospects. The Islanders traded Travis Hamonic, acquired some more picks. Now, Garth Snow, this is where you come in, buddy. Stop your summer hibernation, and you now get on a phone. You flip those picks and throw in. Isles Twitter favorite Brock Nelson in a deal mm. for Duchesne? I don't know, man. I like, I would love for it to happen. And I said at the beginning of the summer, if he lands both, he being Garcinot, lands both Jordan Eberle and Matt Duchesne, I will take a bath in Kool-Aid. I will I will sit in Kool-Aid in a, in a bathtub full of it. I'll throw in like two pounds worth of sugar, and I will sit and stew in the Kool-Aid if he lands both of those players. I just don't see it happening. And I don't see Alex Kerfoot being the catalyst for Matt Duchesne moving from Colorado. At this point, I don't see it. Unless we offer Colorado like a slew of defensemen. Do you know how many defensemen they have under contract on their actual roster right now? Us, like using cap friendly as with their quote unquote roster? All right, let's hear it. Three. <laughs> three. They have three defensemen under contract on their roster right now. And that like that doesn't mean that they don't have players on you know that they can call up from their prospect pool. They have a ton of defensemen there, but who's ever heard of Andre Mironev or Nicholas Maloche or Chris Bigras? You ever heard of those guys? I never heard of them. Can't be no. that good. I, like maybe they are they're great college players or they're great junior players, but they've never played at the NHL. That's a problem. So they they have Eric Johnson, Tyson Berry. Mark Barbario, and, well, they have Nikita Zadorov under their, their quote-unquote roster, but he hasn't signed the RFA deal yet, mm. and we're August. So that's not, that's not a team 
they're at least four, to, like maybe three to four defensemen short of a full a full team. Okay, all right. So, so the Isles have to do that. The Brock Nelson isn't going to move him. All right, you you, you convinced me. You convinced me. Good. So. Um, okay. What 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 do you have? Let's let's get off some Matt Duchesne talk. Unless you got more Matt Duchesne talk. No, I have a lot to talk about actually. I have a Bring tweet it. that I have a tweet that I have up right now. But before we get to that, this is one dating back to almost last week. I just want to clear okay. something up because it's something that came up on social media. We do not write for the New York Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We Oh man. We were joking with another fan sided account, the Montreal Canadiens account. About something stupid. I don't even remember what it was. I think we, you jokingly offered John Tavares for Carey Price and Max Pacioretty or something like that. And this yes, person, right. please forgive me for I don't remember who it was, bothered poor B-Comp and got his wrath as he then replied to it. Wild. Please never link B-Comp, Arthur Staple, or Graziano for that m- matter into any of our dumb conversations with another fan-sided account. That's just like honestly wow. sense the tone for me one time. Obviously, we weren't <laughs> serious about that. Like I know we've been accused of it in the past of working for the Islanders in some like crazy conspiracy theory, but to actually see you know proof come to, to fruition in someone's like, oh my god, I have to ask Brian Compton if this is actually <laughs> true or not. Why would you like? This is Twitter one hundred and one. We weren't even trolling. We were just. We were just talking to one another. We weren't putting it out there and hashtagging and, and posing it as something real. This is just like a, a, a stupid conversation. And who would trade Carey Price and Max Pacioretty, one of the top five goal scorers in the last five years, for John Tavares? I love John Tavares. He's not worth that package. He's just not. Maybe one of those guys, but not both of them. Wild. Uh, that was just too good not to, oh. not to talk about. Jesus Murphy, like I understand, like people have sometimes have a hard time reading rumors online, but this was not even a rumor. This was nothing. Uh-huh. Oh, Twitter one hundred and one. Twitter one hundred and one. Next is getting back to our boy Josh Hosang. His recent quotes from today: he called both Mayweather and McGregor clowns. Mm, right on the money on that one. Right on. Love the money. it. Love it. I mean, I'm I'm Irish myself, so obviously it may, may pay me to say something negative about McGregor, but he's 100% correct. They are both clowns. And They're I both clowns. Out of it, so. I don't know about you, but I'm not watching the fight. Uh, they might rope me in. Ah, uh, there you go. So I, I'm a sucker. That's fair. It's too, the, the water cooler attraction is too hot. It's too much. I get it. And finally, uh, it's from a real tweet. This is from Luigi N. Romano 1 on Twitter. He tweeted at us and a few other people. He said, it's time for a new goal song. One might... Yes. And... This, oddly enough, I wrote about this like in July, and he right. picked the same song that I picked. Did he really? Yeah, he did. <laughs> so I tweeted the article back at him. And I was like, I said the same thing back in July. That's wild. And that's I, amazing. Oddly enough, I picked a WWE song, and I never watched the WWE. Can I tell you the backstory as to why I picked it? Yes. Okay. Breaking the fourth wall, pulling back the curtain a little bit. As for those who don't know, as the day job, I general manage a college radio station. So one of the kids on my on the station, he hosts a wrestling talk show, and he opens to this song, 
It's called Glorious, I think. And somebody walks up to it. Uh, Bobby Roode or Road or whatever you say his name. Forgive me. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's over my head at this point. But he walks into the song. And it's like this is a great song. And actually, uh, B Comp and Carver's podcast in their like premiere episode or pilot episode, whatever they called it, they use that song yeah. as as the intro. And I was like, you know what? I want that to be the Islanders' new song. So yes, I think this is a good conversation. I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but. That would be my choice. Do you have any ideas on what you would like to change the song to? No, I think that's perfect already. I don't. I haven't had time to think about what a good song would be for the Isles. So how about next week? No, you're not here next week. Um, I'll come up with a song. I'll come up with one and I'll tweet it out. And I'll use the hashtag Isles song. And I want everyone else listening to like to use their tweets and even at the New York Islanders with your song. If we flood them with enough like requests for a song, they will change it. They'll probably pick their own, but they'll change it. We can't, we can't just have a recreation of the goal horn though from the first move to the Barclays. You remember that? Oh god, that disaster. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a whole lot of fun. Yes, yeah, so. I am all on board for leading the charge in this revolution behind the great written powers at B at Eyes on Isles, but it's got to be something good. It's got to be something good. So whatever you have, as good as it is, use the at New York Islanders or NY Islanders and use the hashtag Isles song. Double S between Isles and song, guys and girls. Make sure to use that. We'll we'll talk about it next time on the show, and oh man, I can't wait to see what people come up with. Make it a good one. No ridiculous things that they will never, ever, absolutely ever play. Make it a good one. So no, no Rick rolling or anything like that. No Rick rolling. Come on, guys. Like seriously, I love. I lo- oh god. Just because the Foo Fighters did it doesn't mean everyone else has to do it. We get it. It was a lame song, and it's catchy. Get over yourselves. My goodness wild mitch you got i'm in a good mood you got anything else for us on this first show i'm just i'm just so excited i can't believe we are we're already done the 45 minutes we're actually going over the 45 minutes but that you know what flew by that's free content it's free content i love it i guess i guess it's all free content um make sure in conclusion to rate and review our show on itunes it helps us get up the rankings it helps us get more eyeballs on it and it helps create more discussion around the New York Islanders, which in all honesty is something we could use because the Islanders often fall under the radar and are often forgotten. If we get enough talk about them, we already have enough podcasts out there. We can always use some more, so if you got one, go for it. But make sure to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Make sure to follow us on any where, wherever you get your pods. So I don't know if you use Stitcher, you use Libsyn, you use SoundCloud. I guess this is on SoundCloud. On Blog Talk Radio, Follow us and make sure to read everything that we put up on eyesonisles.com, your premier home for New York Islanders content. Love it. Do you have anything? No, you summed it up perfectly. Subscribe. Oh, forgot Twitter and Facebook. There you go. At Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles for all your social media Islanders needs. I think that's a wrap, buddy. Pretty good first show. Oh, long distance high five. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.